Welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Nathan Fox. That's Ben Olson. Together, we're the founders of LSATdemon.com and our weekly podcast, Thinking LSAT. We have an email here from longtime listener Jimbo. Hey guys, I'm waiting. I am weighing some options here. I was offered a full ride at Northeastern and Suffolk, half at BC, that's Boston College, and minimal tuition off at BU, that's Boston University. I was also accepted into Georgetown. I like it so far. Um, you know, like talking about five different offers here. Yeah. How would you guys weigh out these options strictly considering the financial aspect? I will tour the school, factor in other aspects, and make a holistic decision. I actually think that that's kind of dumb. Like Northeastern, Suffolk, BC, and BU are all in Boston. Mm-hmm. You've been to Boston. You probably already live in Boston. I don't think it matters. Like going and looking at their law library is just like, who gives a shit? It's a distraction. It, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, now, comparing Boston to DC and thinking about where you want to live for your life, uh, that's something you should think about. Thinking about the different rankings of these schools and, you know, like the job opportunities, uh, that's what you have to weigh against the financial aspect. As far as all this other holistic decision, I mean, uh, (laughs) the cities matter, but like comparing the campus of BC to BU to Northeastern, I, I don't think that's worth your time. Debt and a strong salary, strong starting salary are the most important. I totally agree with you, Jimbo. I would ideally enter the private sector. Okay. So this is maybe somebody who wants to go into big law, make a lot of money, love the show and do not want to stop listening after I enter law school exclamation point. Would you guys ever consider launching a different podcast so I can get real time, honest answers regarding other legal topics? We are not qualified to talk about other legal topics. <laughs> we both went to law school and we would both be the first person in the room to say, I don't know shit about any of that. Yep. Hire a lawyer. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> talk to our staff who are currently in law school. They know more about shit than we do. We don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> One L's think they know about the law. Three L's know that they don't know nothing <laughs> until they've practiced law. Okay. Anyway. Um, Even Ben's thoughts on how important sleep and fitness are, exclamation point. Most of what you guys talk about does not pertain to me anymore, i.e. LSAT stuff, but I do not want to say goodbye, exclamation point. Long time listener, Jimbo. Well, I have several thoughts. First, I would figure out the conditional nature of these scholarships. So you told us you have a full ride at Northeastern and Suffolk, half at BC, and minimal, a little bit of a, a scholarship at BU. Um we could be comparing apples and oranges here because maybe the half at BC, because in part it's a higher ranked school. And I think higher ranked schools are less likely to give conditional scholarships. They are. Um, I'm going to look at the, Northeastern. We we can go through. So um, the, these days, if I want a 509, I go straight to lsatdemon.com slash scholarships. That's yep. my first step because I know that lsatdemon.com slash scholarships has links directly to the actual PDF. And even Google doesn't do it as good. Uh, If you go to Google, you end up going through some weird website that has these other weird pages. 
talking about the 509 instead of just linking right to the damn form. So lsatdemon.com slash scholarships. And uh, then I did a control F for Northeastern and I saw the link to Northeastern. Um, Northeastern does not award scholarships that may be reduced or eliminated based on law school academic performance other than failure to maintain good academic standing. Therefore, what, the school does not you complete on? a conditional scholarship retention chart. What? Oh, sorry. What page are you on to see that? That's the 2021 standard 509 information report, and it's all the way down at the top of the third page. Uh-huh. And oh, we yeah, have cons- these. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. This is part of the this is part of the consumer protection. Um it it is required. Yeah. So I can quickly look at Boston University, same thing. No conditional scholarships. Uh Boston College. Same thing. Same thing. Uh I can't imagine that Georgetown is offering conditional scholarships. It sounds like he didn't get anything at Right, right, right. No, no, no offer at Georgetown. Yep. Suffolk me, is also not offering a conditional scholarship. Nice. That's okay. uh, yeah. Georgetown does not offer conditional scholarships. Um, okay. So we don't need to worry about conditionality. What would be the next thing that we would think about? Okay. So the next thing I would do, you have two fulls, a half, and then something small and then something zero. I would go, first of all, I would just like, if this is, if these are your final offers, I guess I would take time to consider on-campus interviews, maybe at Northeastern to see if they, maybe they don't have on-campus interviews for big law firms in a way that, in the way that BC does or BU does. But I, I'm guessing that local law firms are still going to Northeastern. And even if they're going to BC or BU, they may not be interviewing the whole class. They're probably just going to be interviewing the top 15 or 25% of the class. So going to Northeastern could actually make it easier to leverage the on-campus interviews because you're more likely to be in the top of the class, which may be a requirement for some of those big firms. I don't know. I mean, of course, if the law firms aren't going to that school at all, then that, that might be a challenge. But other than that, I would just presumptively be going to Northeastern. It's, it's your highest ranked full ride school. It's not conditional. And then with that presumption, now you have a spot, right? And so you can turn back to BC, to BU, and even Georgetown and just say, look, I'm not coming. You wouldn't say that literally, but, <laughs> um, you know, can you offer any more money? Because until they do, I just don't see any reason to pay half or to pay full at Georgetown. It yeah. just doesn't seem worth it. I, you need to do your own research. And I, I think I might go to lawschooltransparency.com. I think is your next step, Jimbo. Um, I'm looking at lawschooltransparency.com. I searched under law school reports. I searched for Northeastern University. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of information there, including things like, you know, how much has the tuition been going up? How many people? I love this. How many people? people pay full price. <laughs> What's your guess? Northeastern, how many people pay full price? Ooh. 10%? 6%. Wow. 6%. Wow. Um it's got first time bar pass rate, which is not that important. Um you know, if you're there on a scholarship, then you have a much better than average chance of passing the bar anyway. 
Um, but 2020 grads passed the Massachusetts bar at an 80 or whatever bar at an 84.7% clip. That's pretty good. If you're there on a scholarship, you're like almost a hundred percent to pass the bar. Um, it's got an employment score and an underemployment score. This is really interesting. The employment score is for 2020 grads and it says, uh, 71.5% of their 2020 grads have a job. That's not great. By the way, these are, um, it says reflects graduates with a successful start to a legal career. That is long-term full-time jobs that require a law license other than solo practitioners. So at Northeastern, you know, only 6% of the people there are paying full price. Only 71 and a half percent of those people are actually practicing law like soon after graduation. Underemployment score. This is from 2012 grads. And it says reflects graduate graduates who are underusing their skills and credentials. These graduates have not started a professional career, legal or otherwise. And the number for Northeastern is a cringeworthy 38 percent. Yeah. Now, I want to be clear, though. If you're there on a scholarship, these numbers look better for you than they would for the other people. Like absolutely, the, and that, you don't want to get the cause and effect mixed up here, right? Like I don't right. know that this is going to change a whole lot depending on where this correspondent goes. Yeah, but but it does say. Well, I, I think that this might might change a lot though. Like, so there were 200 graduates from Northeastern in 2020. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 30 and a half percent of those went into public service. Mm-hmm. 12% of them went into national law firms. Only a half a percent went into federal clerkships. Eight and a half percent went into small law firms. If you add that all up, you get to just slightly north of 50% where we even know where people went. I mean, that's just like, that's the type of school where I mean, it's like probably roughly half the class is going to end up being successful. Yeah. So I want to compare that now to, you know, Georgetown. And by the way, law school transparency, it's built so that you can, you know, select all these schools and favorite them. And um, let let me, let me, I'm going to first look and see if like Boston university is actually any better because just because it's in Boston. So for a direct comparison with a school that's in Boston, 80% on the employment score. So that's a little bit better, way better on the underemployment score. Instead of 30%, it's 11.9% on the underemployment score. Wait, can you go back to, yeah, when you, when you hover Mm. over it, it changes. You might've looked at some past numbers. Oh yeah. Well, weirdly the BU is saying, oh, 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 oh. Got it. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so for the 2012 grads for Northeastern, the number was really bad. But the number for 2012 grads for uh, BU is also really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were those the dark days of like just coming out of the financial crisis? That's right when I graduated from law school. Yeah. That's when way too many people coming out of the 2008 financial crisis were like hiding out in law school and then just stupidly ended up never you know, not never practicing. Yeah. I guess that's probably kind of what that is. Hmm. Okay. So 11.9% for 2020 grads 
underemployment score. That's at BU. Yeah. And let me go back because I yeah I don't want to uh, I don't want to shit on Northeastern, which is one of my alma maters. Seventeen percent of their twenty twenty grads have not yet started a law career. So, so that's Boston not actually College. like hugely different, huh? Yeah. Well, it's and again. I, I don't, I mean, we can take something away from these numbers, but how much of this just has to do with the fact that you're dealing with, yeah, a, a class that's less competitive. What does that have to do? What does that mean for you? And in fact, if yeah. you go to a lower ranked school, you're going to now push yourself up to the, the higher parts of that class, presumably, right. hopefully, but and increase your chances. So the numbers do though change dramatically as you get into the higher rankings, right? Cause like I mean, I'm seeing here at BU, 39% in national law firms. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like, I presume national law firms is like lawyers that actually make a lot of money. Yeah. Right. And that was only 12% from Northeastern. So we're talking about 12% mm. of the class at Northeastern and 39% of the class at BU. And so then you do have to weigh and balance. It's like, okay, so do I have a, a better chance of being in the top 39% at BU or a better chance of being in the top 12% at Northeastern? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And at some point you're, you're going to, I mean, the, like the scale will tip, but still you have to weigh that. You also have to weigh that. It's not just, what are my chances of getting into that tier? No, you have to weigh it against the money that you're going to pay the to money, go to that right? school. And right yeah. now, I don't know. I just don't love half. Half is, yeah, look at look at Georgetown. Still, just a lot of money. <laughs> so Georgetown, eighty-two uh, percent employment score, ten percent unemployment, underemployment score. That seems fairly constant. There's like ten to twenty percent at every school. It seems like that are just not getting jobs. At yeah, all. the real um, big difference, like you said, is the national law firms. Because at Georgetown, we're at fifty-three percent national law firms. Yeah, is this person yeah. looking for a national law firm or just a law firm? Uh, by the way, at Georgetown, 38.7% pay full price. That's a much more respect. That's like a much healthier number. Interesting. It's a high, it's a high tuition amount too. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people are there paying that actual money. Wow. Non-discounted cost, $352,279. That's how much you would owe if you borrowed the full cost of attendance accounting for interest at that accumulates during school. <laughs> that's a that's a smooth three thousand nine hundred twenty five dollars a month for ten years. Now, if you go to work at a national law firm and you start out making two hundred grand, then you have no problem paying that back. Yeah. Fifty three percent of the class at Georgetown goes that route, right into a national law firm, make a shit ton of money. As long as you can stomach it for ten years, you got no problem paying back your student loans. Yeah. <laughs> but the 47% of the class that don't go to a national law firm still owe $350,000. All right. Should we wrap it up? I mean, this ultimately, this is going to be a very personal decision. And I don't think that we can just tell Jimbo what to do. Although maybe we can. Well, I guess my presumption would still be Northeastern. I, I just... Um... I would, and then I would ask for more money at these other schools because if you ask for more money at these other schools and they come back with even just a little bit more, right? What if, what if BU went up to half? Now you're looking at half tuition for what was BU's? Yeah. 
you know, chances of getting into a national law firm. The other thing is, this is talking about national law firms. I don't know. Maybe this this person said they wanted to go into private practice. Maybe they don't care. Maybe you just need oh, to look at law firms. firms. Sure. Yeah, but there's very few people from Georgetown going into small law firms. That's interesting. 1.4%. It's like almost everybody goes into public service, national law firms, federal clerkships, and then some people go into smaller firms. Yeah, Northeastern is interesting, though. You're still only at 8%. So combining those together, you're at 20% chance of going to a law firm. I I think I agree with Ben. I can't imagine it being worth $350,000. That is so much money. It's ridiculous. That's so much money. Yeah. How how do you pay that back? I mean, you it's like you're just saying I have to kill it as a lawyer. Like I have to go into big law. I have to make a crazy amount of money or, you know, like grind it out in public interest and get your loans forgiven 10 years from now, which is another like devil's bargain. I mean, that's just like, that's just so scary. I, you, for any reason, if you decide not to practice law or if law decides you're not going to practice law, you end up saddled with a lifetime of debt. And, you know, even at, yeah, even at Georgetown, there's 10% of the people who have not started a law career or, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> you're like betting, you know, if for Jimbo, who is not, who it seems like they offered him nothing, right? So he's, he's going to be in the 39% th- of yeah. people at Georgetown who pay full price. Okay. And only 53% of Georgetown goes to a national law firm. Which, so those two groups probably don't overlap very much. I mean, surely they overlap somewhat. Yes. But they also almost guaranteed overlap a lot less than the group that really overlaps is the people who are at Georgetown on a full ride. I mean, that's going to be like 90% of them go straight into one of these really prestigious jobs. Yep. And so that's the, you're just always going to be weighing and balancing. Like what are my chances of really killing it at this school? And how much am I going to have to pay to go there? If you kill it at any of these schools, you're going to, you're going to do great in life. And it's just so much easier to walk away. If you go to Northeastern, if that's your best full ride, if you go to Northeastern, you pay zero tuition, maybe even get a stipend. Mm-hmm. kill it at Northeastern possibly transfer but kill it at Northeastern that's step one and then if you're not killing it at Northeastern whatever you end up not practicing law fine <laughs> because no big deal if you don't or you go to at, a small firm and no big deal yeah and and if you like if you go to Georgetown and don't kill it you're going to have a lifetime of debt and be struggling to have a legal career. Yeah. Hopefully that's helpful, Jimbo. Anything else, Ben? Nope. Thanks for writing. Yeah. Thank you, Jimbo, for listening. Um, I don't think we have any intention of starting our own other podcast about fitness and life 
No, we've we've even <laughs> talked about it, and it hasn't happened. So, <laughs> yeah, we we have a very narrow field of expertise, which is helping people improve their LSAT score and hopefully talking them out of paying for law school. Yep. But we do appreciate your listening and writing in. Um, if you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news, if you'd like to chime in with advice for Jimbo, you can email daily at lsatdemon.com. Thanks for listening.